You are listening to You Should Write a Book with Camille Pagan. I'm Camille, a certified coach, the best-selling author of 10 books, and the founder of Even Better Co. Each week, I coach aspiring to establish authors on how to write books, actually enjoy the process, and create even better writing careers. Okay, Leslie, hi. So good to see you today. What can I coach you on? Oh, I would love to hear about how you come up with so many different ideas for books. That would really help me a lot. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I wish I had a good answer for that. But tell me where you're at and why this is coming up for you. Why you're wondering that. So I wrote my first book, which came out in 2021. And I write women's fiction. And I usually write something that I've either gone through in my past or my friends have gone through. Something that other women can relate to. Great. So my second book um, is coming out this summer. And again, it's women's issues. Yeah. And so now I'm thinking about what do I write for my third book? Mm -hmm. And I just feel so blocked about like, I like to write things that are important to me or my friends or something that people are going through. Tell me how you came up with the first two ideas. You said that there are things that have occurred to you or friends, but when did you have that spark that kind of turned into, oh, this is actually a book? So my first idea took a long time to sort of come to fruition, but it came up because I, I was a television writer for a lot of years and I stopped to raise my kids. Right. And so when I did that, I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I knew a lot of women who were saying like in midlife, what do we do with the rest of our lives and our kids getting older? Yep. So that's when I came up with to write for my first one about a woman's journey to figure out how to rediscover herself when her daughter's going to go off to college and her, and her marriage. And she's also in the sandwich generation, which I was in. My parents were older. Yeah. So that one just sort of came to me kind of in bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. The next book is about um, women's issues with infertility, miscarriage, um, and it's about friendship and love. And I knew a lot of people that had gone through a lot of different things with that. So that one came to me just from talking to people and things I'd gone through in my pregnancies. So that one just sort of came together and I wanted to write a friendship story. So I wrote about these two women. So it's the third one that I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. So I have some answers just based on what you told me. It sounds like having conversations and talking to people is a source of inspiration for you. So I would just start there. Okay. Just having conversations without the expectation that it has to lead to the book. So I do find, and I say this having worked with hundreds of writers at this point, that the pressure of feeling that we have to come up with something is often the very thing that blocks us. And I wonder if that's not a little of what's going on here. I think that's a lot of what's going on here. I think um, as soon as I thought, okay, this other book, my second book's been edited. We're done. We're waiting for it to move through the process. I just kept thinking, I have to come up with something else. Mm -hmm. And I look at people like you who write like a book a year. And I think, oh my God, I don't do that. And how am I going to do that? And it just kept more and more blocking me. Yeah. Let me start with this question. Do you want to write a book a year? I don't think I want to write a book every single year, but I would like Mm -hmm. to be working on something a a lot of the time. I mean, I don't mind taking time off in between books, you know, just to sort of clear my head or promote one or whatever it is. Yeah. But I would like to continue to write. 
And I write for Huffington Post too, but I haven't even been doing that because I've been so stuck on writing my next Yes. <laughs> so Leslie, I think it's fascinating that it has only been a couple months since you finished the last project. You are able to clearly state that you don't want to write a book a year necessarily, which is amazing. A lot of people would not have been able to answer that only because we often don't ask ourselves these key questions. What do you really want here? Not what's expected of you, but what do you actually want? So you know that that's an amazing start. I would just begin to question how you're looking at timing. For me, and I do help people plan out their actual fiction careers. If you know that you don't need to produce a book that comes out next spring or summer, let's say, to stay on that track, you've got a lot of time here. So we'll talk in a minute about what to do with that time. But I'd start just by recognizing that there's no rush. You don't have to do anything. That's so good to hear, but it's hard to take in. <laughs> Let's just sit with that for a minute. You don't have to do anything. Doesn't that feel great? It does, but it also <laughs> feels like that seems so foreign to me because I'm somebody who does a lot of stuff. You're a doer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everyone who gets coached is a doer. I have yet to meet an exception to the rule. <laughs> so even when I'm working with romance authors who produce six, eight, or even 10 books a year, I always remind them that everything is optional. And even if you're on deadline, in this moment, you don't have to do anything. The reason I introduce that idea is because the brain just softens. Our whole attitude softens when we remember that we have choice and agency. Yeah. So even if you're like, listen, I have to turn something into my editor next month, I'd say, great, give yourself a little break here. Oh, see, I wish I could do that. <laughs> I'm like, if well, I get notes, I take them like that night. <laughs> yeah, but we don't have to assume here that I'm saying twiddle your thumbs on the sofa. Right. That's where I want to talk about maybe filling your creative well a little bit. Think about your life outside of novels. What really lights you up? What just brings you pure pleasure? I love to read. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, I, I, sounds crazy, but I work out every single day and I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have friends where I work out. I go and I work out with friends and it yep. just feeds me because, you know, novel writing is a lone thing. So it is at least if I get out every single morning and see other people, it, it helps a lot. Yeah. And it's so good um, for your brain. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I know it, it helps me a lot. Yeah. Um, I love to take long walks, things mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. So I would prioritize those three activities because they were the first that you gave me. Reading for sure. I know a lot of people will say, I don't want to read within my genre. I don't want to read too close to what I'm working on. I just question that. I understand when you're in the middle of writing a book about, let's just say, two best friends who are having a breakup, then not reading another friendship breakup book. I get that where you don't want to like take the ideas and absorb them but you're not in that phase right now. So I would read pretty closely in your genre and just yeah. be inspired and be really That's, deliberate yeah. about like enjoying the work instead of comparing yourself to anything there. Right. And yeah. I do read within my genre a lot. I mean, I read some outside my genre, but I do like reading within my genre and not, like you said, not to absorb it, but just to enjoy it and see what other people are doing. Yeah, I would do those. I would play with the idea that you don't have to produce anything right now. Begin to see okay. what comes up for you. Yeah. Okay, I will work on that. <laughs> yeah. What's your ideal timing in terms of having an idea again? I mean, I would love to 
start writing within the next month, I think. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, something, even if it's just like creating character that may or may not even end up in the book, but just starting to like write a little bit. Um, I've also thought about writing an essay for Huffington Post just to kind of work on that too, just to get my brain writing. I love this for you because what I was thinking about even before we chatted, because uh, Leslie and I had corresponded previously and I knew what she was going to get coached on today. I was thinking about the research that shows that creativity, creative endeavors tend to, if you engage in them, create more of a creative state for yourself. It's like this beautiful, victorious cycle. So the more creative you are, the more creative you feel. So yeah, if you don't have the novel, then it's like, work on something else. Work on the essay. Give yourself a writing prompt where you're like, no one is going to see this. It's just for me. Just going to get the wheels turning again. That's a good idea because that's how I started my first book. I was in a workshop oh. with, a, with somebody and all they did was give us prompts. And I was never going to write a novel. I just kept writing prompts and realized I was turning this into a character instead of writing like, I think one of them was like, write about your mother's kitchen. And I just wrote about the kitchen, but I kept writing this person in the kitchen that wasn't me. It was really wild. And I kept noticing every time I wrote a prompt, I was writing about a character in that prompt. I love that. So you don't even have a process already. We often think, oh, I need to have, I don't know, seven, 10 novels to know my process. I would argue that having one book done means you know at least part of your process. That's a good point. And yours may be an open space to create with no expectation in order to get to the project. Do you always outline all your books? So it's really evolved for me. I didn't outline the first one at all. I just sat down and wrote. It was very um, beautiful in that I didn't know what I didn't know. There's nothing like that first book. It's like your first love. You're like, oh, honey, it's going to break your heart and it's going to be so amazing. (laughs) And then I wrote three really bad books between my first and my second. And there were almost four years between the publication of my debut and then the next book. And the second book that I published, I had a loose outline. So I was just beginning to understand what inspired me to write a whole book. Um, Books three and four, I began to outline more. And by around five, I realized that I'm a person, as I would argue most writers are, who benefits from at least having a clear log line. So an elevator pitch of sorts. And then Leslie's nodding because she's in TV. She knows. (laughs) Yes. And a three-act structure just to frame the house. I love thinking of a story that way once you have that initial spark of an idea, because it takes away that fear of not knowing what to do. Yeah. My first book, I did exactly like you did your first book. Yeah. I ended up in the middle going, okay, now what do I do? Even though yep. I outlined everything in television, I did not outline yes. it. And my <laughs> husband, who's also a writer, sat down with me and said, you need to outline this now because you're going around in circles and you don't know what you're doing. So then I outlined it from the middle to the end. Yeah. And my second book, I totally outlined. I love it. And so I feel like I'm like you, though. I didn't necessarily stick with that outline exactly. I outlined it mostly and then I kind of see where it went. Yeah. Now I outline pretty. uh, um, I outline pretty intensively, I would say. And yet it is never what the book becomes. I really do believe in the creative process. Not necessarily the, you know, muse and all of that, but just seeing where the story takes us. I love that. 
But I do know a lot of writers who will follow their outline down to the letter. Oh, really? And that's fine, too. There's no right way to do it. No, and that's what we did in television. You had to follow the outline. Yeah. But with books, sometimes I find you're going in one direction. All of a sudden, you're writing something. The character says something or does something. And you realize, oh, wait, I can go in that direction. And that yes. changes the story or the ending or whatever it is. Yeah. How do you like to feel when you're writing, Leslie? I lose track of time. I just keep on going. I mean, I have literally sat down at 10 o'clock in the morning and at five taken a break and then like, I mean, take wow. a break for lunch and then at yeah. five go, oh my God, it's five o'clock. Because if I can get really involved, I just love to keep on going. I love it. How do you create that for yourself? I know it's kind of hard to go back into that flow state after it's already happened, but to the best of your ability, tell me what you're thinking about the process and what's not there, maybe judgment. Tell me about that so we can create more of it. I think when I write, I try to keep judgment out of it, even if I don't, you know, I, even if I don't think it's going in a great direction, I try to just keep on going and see where it goes. And then if I have to edit it out or go a different direction, I will. Mm -hmm. um, I'm more judgmental after I'm done with something and then going back and looking at it and going, mm -hmm. oh, wait a second. <laughs> or notes, or if I get notes from somebody, then I'll see whatever those issues are yeah. that I didn't quite see before. Or they, you know, will say, this is what's going on. And I'll be like, yeah, I already knew that, but I just wanted to see if somebody else said yep. it. <laughs> you know, because maybe I could skirt by it if nobody notices it. Um, but yeah, I, I usually don't judge myself while I'm actually writing it. Okay. Yeah, I love that. I was getting that sense from you. And what I would remind yourself of, even before you go into this project, it's almost like setting an intention. And intention tends to become our experience. Just remind yourself that this is a judgment-free zone for you until editing. And that's when really judgment serves us. We have to do it at some point. But really like just anticipating that it's going to be a highly pleasant experience and that you're not going to do anything wrong. I say that in air quotes. There's yeah. no wrong. Because I think that's where my, right now, I think I'm really happy with my first book. I'm really happy with my second book. And I think I'm sort of terrified, like, gosh, what if I write something that I don't like or that's mm -hmm. not as good in my mind as the other book? <laughs> I think that's stopping me too. It's so funny because statistically, <laughs> the odds are in your favor. You've yeah. had two really good experiences. And yet you're looking at your past and thinking, well, maybe it won't be like this going forward. Now, if those were negative, I would encourage you to really sink into the feeling that, yes, it could be better from here. But there's no reason why you wouldn't create more of the same. I know. I don't know why I feel like, oh, gosh, that's it. You know, it's like yeah. I've had the two books and it's all over. <laughs> yeah. Just, well, it's almost right? like you have the sophomore slump with your third novel. Mm -hmm. That's really where that tends to come from is this fear that I won't be able to pull it off again. Exactly. That's yeah. exactly right. So just begin to question that. Whenever we have a thought and they're usually lurking, it's not the first one that comes to mind. It's more like below the surface. Mm -hmm. Just say like, okay, is that really true? And if your brain offers you yes, you just bypass it and say, could it be possible that something else is more true? Not arguing with it. You're not skipping over to Affirmationville where the brain is like, yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah. Just begin to think, like, could something else also be true or be even more true than that? That's a really good point. Thank you. That's very helpful. It's like, yeah, I have that belief that maybe I won't be able to pull it off. 
but let's just look at math here. I've done it twice. Odds are I'll do it again. Yeah, because that's where I think I'm also stuck. It's like, oh, I've done outlines. Oh, how do I do an outline? Like, oh, my God, I got to start again. <laughs> Leslie, every time I write a book, I've written now 14 of my own books. Wow. Not all of them made it to publication and about a dozen of other people's books. I used to do a lot of ghostwriting. Wow. Every single time I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Every time. And I do. <laughs> I think the brain just does that to protect us. And I've heard even Nora Roberts talk about this. Um, Toni Morrison also talked about this on record, how every time she would sit down to write, she'd be like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah, that's what I feel like. Even the <laughs> ultimate pros have that feeling. So, okay. yeah, you're in good company. Good to know. Because I, I know that feeling every time. <laughs> It's totally normal. It's not a sign that anything is wrong or that you can't pull it off. It's just your brain trying to protect you. Okay, good to know. Thank you. <laughs> that helps. So what do you think your next step is based on what we talked about today? I think I'm going to try the prompts. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm going to just sit down and try to write another essay for Huffington Post and just let yeah. my brain just do that for right now. Mm -hmm. And I like your idea of just talking to people and kind of like seeing where everybody is in their life and seeing if anything sparks from that, too, without necessarily saying it has to spark something, but just kind of opening up my brain to just relax about it. Yeah, because you enjoy that. We're not talking to someone who's like, oh, I'd rather, you know. I don't know, paint the wall, then talk to humans. Like you obviously <laughs> yeah, exactly. like it. So yeah, go do, I do more of it. I'm going to do that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Great. This is going to be really helpful for so many people, myself included. Oh, good. Thank you. I, well, it's helpful for me. You know, you were saying earlier, you have so many ideas, but I'm like, every time I think, can I pull it off? And there is the willingness too to leave an idea that's not working. I just did that. I did have an idea yeah. that I was developing and I knew in my heart it wasn't what I wanted to write, but I just kept going. Mm, yeah. And that finally I went, you know what? This is not really what I want to write and it's <laughs> not really in my genre. And I mm -hmm. think I just came up with this little idea that I thought was a really cool idea and tried to make something of it. And it just wasn't working. I've done that a million times. And it's so funny because you are an ideas person. You're saying that you weren't, but you are. Like, I don't feel like I am. <laughs> I think our problem is usually too many ideas. It's sorting and finding the right one. And the one that will work into a book. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And just at any stage saying to yourself, truly, is this what I want to do? And underneath the fear and the uncertainty, you always know. Yeah, I, I knew, but I just kept working on it thinking, maybe, 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 because this is an mm -hmm. idea. And I just knew it's not the idea. That I want to yeah. Write. Yeah. And even go to the scenario in which what would happen if you didn't write a book for three years? There'd still be no problem. I think that's the thing that scares me is because I know too many other people that are writing books right now. And I was writing a book when they weren't because they took the time off between their first and their second book. Yeah. And I wrote. And now I'm not writing and they are. So I hear that in my head like, oh, but everybody's writing. Which isn't yeah, but true. What are you but making that mean about you? Like they're going to outpublish you or something? I don't know. I guess I just sort of feel like, yeah, maybe. Mm -hmm. <laughs> maybe that's maybe there's that little bit of competition. Like it's like, oh wait, they're going to publish three books, and I will have only published two books. Or, yeah, yeah, but ultimately it doesn't matter. And what I love about writing right now at this particular moment in history, readers are insatiable. Go on any Reddit board that has anything to do with books, 
And you will see people saying, I've read everything and there's nothing left. And then other people will say, go read this. (laughs) And they will. And any social media post about books, same thing. Yeah, I see that all over Facebook. Yeah, I haven't even heard of half of these books that people are telling people to read. Exactly. So it's not as though there's this pie and everyone only gets a slice. There's only so much literary pie to go around. No, it's endless. There's enough for everyone. We can all have a book. We can all put out 400 books if we feel like it. That's true. And you'll have some readers who will complain that it won't be enough. And that's such a gift. Yeah. No, I know. I've had readers ask me, when is your next book coming out? Even when I was still writing it, which made me happy. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. So you say you will be the first to know. Get on my newsletter. Okay. I'm on your newsletter. Oh, well, you mean on oh, my no, I newsletter? Want you to say that. Oh, yeah. yeah. I thought you said you. I was going to say I'm on yours. <laughs> right, mine. Yeah. Build that list. Say, I will tell you as soon as it comes out. I can't wait. Yeah. So good. Great to chat with you, Leslie. Thank you. Thank you. This has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm so glad. Want to get coached on this podcast? Visit evenbetter.co. That's evenbetter.co to sign up and to learn more about how you can create an even better career as an author. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a second to leave a brief review. Thanks so much for listening.